The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're talking to the managing director of a silver company, Silver Mines. The ASX code is SVL. The market cap sitting around uh, 230 million right now. And of course, this is interesting times to be talking about silver, which actually outperformed gold. If you look at the, the uh, over the past year, it rose more than 47%. Gold was up around 20% over that time. Now, there are additional benefits. It's seen as a safe haven. It's cheaper than gold, so it's uh, certainly more accessible for some investors out there in the market. Let's get a little bit more detail about investing in silver and, of course, what silver mines are doing. We're joined by Managing Director Tony McClure. Tony, so good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Ariel. Great to be here. Now, Tony, you're a geologist and a scientist by training. You've worked all over the world. Talk to us a little bit about your journey to get to where you are today. Okay, well, yeah, I was well Australian, born and bred, and and uh, I spent my time in in the um, the deserts of, of Western Australia and elsewhere in Australia, and and part of the um, uh, the blooding sort of sentence of being a geologist and and being in the middle of the nowhere. So d- did a lot of that. Spent a lot of time in in South America, um, and uh, uh, lived and worked in in Europe as well. That was more on the energy front. Um, in terms of silver. Uh, we had a company called uh, Bonlisi Gold, which I was an ex- executive director of, uh, which had a, um, a a large and very successful project, uh, silver project in in Mexico. That was taken out by um, by a, a company out of Idaho um, in the last silver cycle. Um, so in this, in you know, we, we've been doing other things in the meantime since since that point in time. Point in time, but uh, we've been looking at silver assets for some time, and with the demise of the silver market after that last boom uh, a decade ago, uh, we started to get out there and, and, and look to see what we could we could acquire. So acquiring the Bowden silver asset um, close to home, three and a half hours from from uh, from Sydney, uh, was a was a big coup for us and and uh, we got it at a um, at a good price and and you know since then it's been all about de-risking it and, and delivering it in a production sense. Well, let's talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, silver as well, because if you look at the forecast for price um, from where we are today, um, you, you can get around about an average gain of 22% in 2021. Um, what, what is your view in terms of where the silver price goes to from here? Well, there's a range of commentary out there, Oriel, and, and uh, you know, a lot of it is, uh, most of it is is, is bullish all, uh, and notwithstanding uh, the pullback in the gold and silver markets over the last uh, couple of months, but um, I think you know, when you see some of the big US houses calling silver to thirty dollars, you see some uh, bullish bullish numbers to to uh, fifty dollars an ounce, and you see some well above that. So, but I, I think I think you know it's it's always hard to to, to pick a number on where where prices um, uh, will go, and and yeah, there's obviously these sorts of quantities there. There, um, there is speculation in the market. We saw a bit of that um, at the start of the year, where we had um, silver move ahead quite, 
quite rapidly uh, for a 24-hour window or so. But but I think when you look at the fundamentals, it's really the growth in the in the in the metal as an industrial mineral. Well, well, let's talk about that because you know there are there are a few different ways to to sort of put this in terms of the story of silver, because a lot of this has got to do with solar panels and the increasing panel installation that we're seeing, not just here Indeed. in Australia, but of course right around the world. Now that's great news for you, um, with silver being a primary component of those. Indeed, indeed, and and solar solar power is is. Uh... Um, is something it's been around for a while, but the technology is moving ahead so quickly in terms of the efficiency of solar power. And we saw when was it probably two weeks ago we saw the uh, Biden administration come out and announce that forty to 50, um, forty to forty five percent of all electricity generated in the US will come from renewables, and the bulk of that will come from solar. So you know, USA is a, is a, obviously a big market, but you know, the you know, is there a more topical? Um, is there a more topical uh, sort of uh, bunch of studies going on at the moment in terms of the moving of you know out of fossil fuels into renewables? It's not just the US; it's global, and and solar is a a very big part of it, if not the largest part of it, outside of uh, battery metals. So there's there's two other parts to this equation that I'd like to touch on, Tony, and that is, you know, if we if we look at what's going on, this has been quite topical as well, technological advances when it comes to solar panels is seeing less silver needed. Um, on top of that, then as we get more expensive in the price of, of silver, are there alternatives that could be used as a substitute um, for silver in some of these um, solar panels. Yes, and yet very. Uh, that's correct, Oriel. But there is uh, less silver used in solar power um, in solar panels. However, the growth in the solar panel um, industry is way, way uh, growing. That in, in in a way where the the physical amount of silver that's going to be used in solar panels is going to be growing significantly. At the moment, it's about somewhere between ten and fifteen percent of silver production. Is used in solar power. It's still a growth market, although there's um, there's less used in in in, in uh, on a per unit basis in in solar power. And then, and then outside of that, you've got you know electric vehicles. So you know EV is there, is there you know a, it's you know it's just a massive growth market there. There's more silver used in EVs than um, than conventional cars. So uh, another growth market. Then you've got mobile phones. At the moment, mobile phones is about uh, 1,800 tonnes of silver in mobile phones globally. Now, a couple of years ago, we had no 5G mobile phones, and the Outlook will have about 1.2 billion uh, 5G mobile phones over the next couple of years, all all uh, with silver in them. And then there's the receptors uh, for those technologies across the uh, across the world. So there's greater density of receptors for uh, to handling that, and then on top of that, you've got six um, G being explored at the moment. So anywhere you look, at the the growth for silver is is really quite incredible. And the reason for it is that silver is by far the um, the best conductor, the most reliable conductor of electricity out of all the metals. So you think of microchips and nanotechnologies and TVs and you know EVs and you know almost all electrical devices and couple that with you know the third world getting out of um, uh, the third world getting out of po- poverty, you've got um, you know massive population um, over the next decade or so. China and India in particular 
who are getting out of poverty, poverty and they all want mobile phones, TVs and so forth. And, and so, you know, silver's going to be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So the demand outlook obviously is very strong. Um, we're also seeing some, some out there talking about manipulation in the silver price. Tony, how much of the price action as you view it is being driven by manipulation you, using, you know, various initiatives like Comex Futures? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm no expert on 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 that, but you know the the rumours have been around for a long time, and it's mm. you know it's it's probably clear that it has been going on. But yeah, I I, I tend to look at the fundamentals, and when you see um, you know items like silver exchange traded funds or um, or, or or products um, out there, so that's you know a few years ago uh, we had about 600 million ounces of silver. Um, in those products um, that have been allocated to those products. That's roughly doubled over the last few years. There's been a record influx of the ETFs and, and ETPs in, in, in the silver. And, and I think you know, that coupled with, um, uh, you know, coupled with the industrial applications is, is really what's going to drive it. Yes, there's going to be speculation out there and it's always been commentary, whether it's gold or silver in in um, you know other things happening, but if you stick to the fundamentals, I, I think it's very clear where silver's going to go. Mm. So, Tony, let me ask you a very basic question here: Why do you think that silver's less popular to gold? I mean, you know, at the start of our conversation, I talked about the the outperformance of silver over gold. If you look at the last twelve months, why do you believe it's 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 less popular? Yeah, you know, it's it's in terms of yeah you know, the the amount that's been mined on an annual basis. Um, you know, gold is very much larger than uh, than silver and always has been. And so, you know, there, it is a much, much smaller market. When you look at the companies out there, as an example, we're effectively the only company on the ASX of, of substance in, in, in silver. So um, exposure to silver is, is, is really through us. There's a few smaller companies, but uh, but we're you know, developing something large. Um, and then the rest of the market is mainly North American where the assets are located, yes, in North America, but primarily in Mexico, uh, Peru and, and Bolivia and, and, and so forth. But, you know, I, I think, um, um, you know, historically gold and silver have been coupled together given they were both the, the, the formation of, of money, you know, in a way. So coinage and so forth, gold and silver was the basis of all money. That's decoupled in a way. It still is, you know, uh, silver uh, travels along with gold um, still, but it's really breaking out of that mould mainly because of um, its ele- electrical uh, properties and industrial applications. So very different to gold. Mm-hmm. Very different to gold. Um, one of the big impacts on industry right across the world and almost every industry, of course, has been COVID-19. There has been some a, a quite significant impact at various times on economic growth or, on a global level. Um, you'd imagine that would have some kind of an impact on demand, even if it's a short-term impact. Um, on a business perspective, um, some of your drilling work had to be put on hold because of COVID. H- how do you see this playing out and how big an impact has this pandemic had on you and your business? Well, we, we've we haven't really been impacted. Um, you know, some of our regional exploration work had been curtailed, but I think we, we, in the industry as a whole it, it got hit pretty hard because um, there was operations um, in Peru. And well, Peru is a classic example where all mining was closed um, in Peru, and it's still recovering from that. Um, COVID hasn't gone away in in South and Central America, and and there's going to be some fundamental issues still 
going forward. Obviously, the Western world is on top of things, but the um, elsewhere on the on the on the planet, COVID is going to be something uh, going forward. It's going to be a a big issue. Um, but yeah, coming back to you know, Australia, we haven't you know, been been hit too hard with it. We've been um, operating effectively. Our programs, um, our primary program, which is the Bowden Silver Project, hasn't been curtailed. And in fact, it's been ramped up uh, during the COVID period. When you look at the, uh, the, the the state politics and so forth, you know, pr- probably the more the factor is, well, you know, states and, and the countries need to drive out of you know, the debt issues that we've got and so forth and, and new project generation is is um, is is obviously very topical. Um, when it comes to New South Wales, yes, yeah, we're, we're um, a smaller part of the bigger picture, but in New South Wales, we've also got the added issue of uh, what happens with coal. And as you know, Oriel, coal's under a huge amount of pressure at the moment. New South Wales, it's massive business here. You know, the Port of Newcastle is the largest export terminal in the world uh, for coal. So, you know, what happens under those increasing pressures and um, uh, over, you know, it would take some time to, to pull back on coal, but the, the pressures are on right now. We see the funds pulling out of it and uh, companies and and, 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 the, and the state is under a huge amount of pressure to uh, react to global forces, whatever. What's going to pick up um, on the back of that. So, you know, New South Wales is not Western Australia, but we've got some pretty serious mining operations. We've got, you know, uh, Katie Ridgeway and um, we've got Cal and, and Parks and Cobar and, and a few other developments in the future, but it's the, the Bowdens developments and, and a few others in the states that have to pick up the slack on that um, revenue generation for the state because, you know, coal is just so big for this state and you can't just switch it off. You have to fill it with something. Mm. Oh, absolutely. You, you mentioned Bowdens a couple of times. Um, you, you're planning on starting operations there in 2023. This is a significant resource. It's a vast resource um, for you, for silver mines. Can you give us a bit of an update as to where you're at with Bowdens? We took it over five years ago and it's all been all about de-risking, so resource development, the drill out, uh, feasibility studies complete. Um, we've uh, last year we submitted our environmental impact statement, and we're in the final throes of the approval processes with the state. It's a, a fairly simple um, um, operation um, compared to um, other much larger developments. But um, having said that, it is the largest silver mine development um, in Australia for several decades. So we'll be producing about six million ounces of, of silver a year. Uh, the first year, few years are particularly robust, uh, which is great. But that's a uh, the reason for that is a single open cut. It's mineralised from surface, um, and so costs are, are particularly low in those in those first years. Uh, but there is opportunities to expand on that. So you know, we're looking at ideas on how we might move from six to, to seven to eight million ounces um, per year, and that's up there with you know, some of the largest uh, uh, silver mine developments um, anywhere in the world. Um, I think um, uh, you know, the, the work that we're doing at the moment is um, you know, we, we've, uh, outside of the approval process is, is yes, looking further ahead and we've been drilling uh, quite extensively directly underneath the open pit um, area and lo and behold, we've discovered three uh, deposits which um, are very clear, so we've been drilling those out for the last period. We, uh, we've been announcing a lot of drilling results, uh, we've got more to come. Um, but we're so excited about it that we've actually commenced a scoping study for the 
further expansion of the uh, Bowdens project um, in the future. So the growth potential is large. The current resource is 275 million ounces of silver. It is very substantial. Um, these Where we're drilling at the moment is going to significantly add to that, uh, but we don't know how, how big it is. You know, we, this, this, this thing could be, you know, over four, over 500 million ounces um, as it goes forward, but it's a... Um, a very exciting proposition. Then the, the the initial development is 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 reasonably large, and it's um, it's a, a robust development. But the growth, the potential growth of it, is um, is something that we're particularly excited about. What are you planning to do with the other metals um, that are in Bowden? So there's, there's a small amount, from what I understand, of zinc, a small amount of lead. Um, what will happen with those? Yeah, so the best market for us at the moment, and and yeah, the market is is all around us. But um, you know, we can be you know, shipping off to Asia or anywhere else in the world. But uh, the Port Pirie smelter in South Australia is is very obvious for us, and and the the silver uh, concentrate, which has a small amount of lead in it, that will go most likely to um, uh, to Port Pirie in in South Australia by rail, and the zinc product. Uh, can go down to um, uh, Tasmania for smelting, or can be, you know, can go off to um, anywhere in Asia. But yeah, you know, that that that's that's work for us that is um, coming up for us on refining uh, where products will go, and obviously optimizing uh, those returns. So right now, as far as I understand it, Tony, you're doing a lot of research at Silver Mines into new technologies when it comes to new mining technologies. Where are you at the moment with that? I mean, is there anything that's that's sort of come out over the last month or so that is going to be sort of a really exciting new direction in terms of the way you get these uh, uh, metals, these resources out of the ground? Um, what's happening yeah. on the technological front? Yeah, no, good question. I, I think the, the main thing we've been working on over the last few months is uh, water recovery. And you know, water is uh, particularly topical, not that we're in a, a desert environment, where, but you know, wherever you are um, in Australia or anywhere in the world, water is, is particularly precious, whereby you know, mining can use a substantial amount of water. We didn't want to compete <clears throat> with any um, other businesses like ag- agriculture and so forth, which we effectively aren't, but we still wanted to ma- maximise um, recovery water. So as an example, uh, tailings facility um, will have a substantial amount of water, but the uh, technologies in recovering that water um, um, have been worked on by the company and its, its consultants. We'll have more about to say about that, but that that bodes well for um, how we might f- uh, move forward with you know, potential expansions. But very important for us to satisfy all of our. Uh, water requirements, and you know, and these are under you know, worst case scenarios. You know, two years ago we had a had a substantial drought, and and you know, droughts will, will will come back, and we want to make sure we've got security supply of water, which we which we do. But we'll have more to say about that. But you know, that's something um, you know, it's sort of left field in terms of technological uh, developments. But um, it's um, if you don't have water, you can't you can't produce. So. It's 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 very important. Mm, absolutely, hugely important on a, on a global level. Um, mm. Tony, look, we, we we so appreciate your time today. Um, it's been really wonderful to have you with us, just to talk about silver mines and the um, metals uh, as a whole. Um, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. We look forward to talking to you again very soon. Thanks, Ariel. Tony McClure with us there, and that is all we have time for. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. You are listening to Stock Insiders with me, Ariel Morrison. We'll see you next time.
This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.